This is SymphonyCast from APM, American Public Media. I'm Steve Seal. We're at Kleinhands Music Hall in Buffalo, New York, for a concert by the Buffalo Philharmonic, led by its music director, Joanne Folletta, a program that took place at the height of the global COVID-19 pandemic. You know, there was a lot of fear around the pandemic then. Was it even safe to come and be with each other? Um, but we needed to be with each other. You know, we, we just, we couldn't bear it anymore, just being alone, making music ourselves. So yes, we were very nervous. And I, I could tell that people were a bit fearful and also not being sure that they could play in this way. But we could. It was just amazing, the strength of music and the strength of musicians' training and their way of listening. Conductor Joanne Folletta would never tell you that the COVID-19 pandemic was a good thing, far from it. But in her perpetually positive way, she is able to see the silver linings in that dark time in hindsight, particularly when it came to finding new ways to make music and to hear it as well. When the pandemic was at its worst in 2020, arts organizations around the world scrambled to figure out just how they were going to continue to connect with their audiences and patrons as they were forced to close their doors. I'm sure you remember what a long and extremely uncertain time it was. Well, many classical music groups went the route of reaching out virtually. If their audience couldn't be there in the hall, they could be reached online or on television or both in the case of the luckier orchestras. And the Buffalo Philharmonic was one of those. This concert took place during that period, and as such, there was no audience present at Kleinhans Hall. So you won't hear any applause before or after any of the works on the concert. But it's a program filled with so much musical energy, I'm sure your imagination will fill in that applause where your ears don't hear it themselves. On this concert, violinist Tessa Lark joins the orchestra to play a marvelous work by the Argentinian composer Astor Piazzolla. The Four Seasons of Buenos Aires takes Piazzolla's specialty, the tango, and turns it into a portrait for violin and orchestra that both honors the composer's native Argentina and contains a few nods to Vivaldi along the way. A compact instrumental work by Puccini bridges our two major works, and then our concert concludes with an ode to Celtic lore and poetry, with a particular salute to the national instrument of Ireland, the harp, Granville Bantock's Celtic Symphony. From tango to tartan, this time on APM's Symphony Cast. COVID-19 pandemic may have created untold and innumerable challenges for arts organizations everywhere, but it was truly amazing how many of them, particularly orchestras and other musical groups, reacted so nimbly with alternative ways of getting their music out to their audiences. In fact, there ended up being such considerable quality music making that took place in the online space that we're still revisiting a lot of those concerts, and that's what we're doing again on this edition of Symphony Cast. This week, we'll hear a concert that took place in October of 2020, which was in the thick of restrictions for public gathering. But I think you'll see in short order why we're bringing it to you. Our first work comes from the Argentinian composer Astor Piazzolla, a man whose immense musical mind found a way to meld the sound of the Argentinian tango with Western classical music and even jazz. 
The piece is called The Four Seasons of Buenos Aires, referring to Argentina's capital city. And although the title is a sly reference to Vivaldi's four violin concertos, and this work features solo violin as well, Joanne Folletta points out that Piazzolla actually had something very different in mind for his piece than Vivaldi had with his portrait of the seasons. It's very different than Vivaldi. Vivaldi is actually talking about the seasons and the beautiful and challenging things that happen weather-wise in those seasons. But Piazzolla is talking about the people of Buenos Aires. It's all about the people. You can imagine them singing to each other. You can imagine them dancing. You can imagine them suffering and then picking themselves up again. It's totally about people and the soul of people and um, and what what gives them strength and what gives them courage. So it's a very different thing that the the attributes of the seasons don't really feature as strongly as the sense of knowing those people in Buenos Aires. And Joanne Folletta was equally enthusiastic about working with the guest violinist featured on this concert, Tessa Lark. Oh, she was perfect for this because the the uh, Piazzolla is from a mixture of his own uh, background. Of course, he was Argentinian uh, of Italian descent. He was his family were immigrants who moved to Argentina from Italy. He lived his childhood in New York City, in Harlem, in the middle of the jazz era. So he took all of that in. He studied with Gina Stera. He went to Paris and studied with um, uh, Nadia Boulanger. So the, the, this, the person of Astro Piazzolla is already a complex prism of music. And Tessa is the same way. She not only plays classical music, but she plays bluegrass music. She plays jazz. She improvises. So her kind of loose and comfortable approach in, in playing Piazzolla made it really swing. I mean, it, it just, it was so comfortable in her hands. Uh, and it's a great piece. You know, the tango music itself to me is very complicated. You know, he, uh, and his tango is the nuevo tango. It's the new tango. He took what was a dying art form. It was moribund, the old tango. And in those, in the filters that he had of jazz in New York and Paris studying and Gina Stera, he made something completely new, but he stayed he stayed it true to what he felt the tango was. And he always said, the tango is a sad feeling disguised as a dance. Because he knew it was the music of immigrants. It was the music of the disenfranchised. It was the music of the poor people who were who knew they would never go home again. They could never go back to Europe. The Europeans who came to live in Argentina um, they they were always on the fringes. But in the tango, they found their soul. They found a way of of understanding themselves. So Piazzolla knew that that very sad core of what tango is, and and Tessa was able to bring that to life. Conductor Joanne Folletta was high praise for both composer Ostra Piazzolla and our concert's soloist, violinist Tessa Lark. Here now from this audienceless concert at Kleinhans Music Hall in Buffalo, New York, recorded during the COVID-19 pandemic in October of 2020, is Joanne Folletta to lead the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra with special guest violinist Tessa Lark in Las Cuatro Estaciones Porteñas, The Four Seasons of Buenos Aires by Oscar Piazzolla on SymphonyCast. 
The music of Argentine composer Astor Piazzolla. We heard his work, The Four Seasons of Buenos Aires, with the occasional melodic nod to Vivaldi's Four Seasons, but in Piazzolla's case, much more an ode to the people of Argentina, their lives, their loves, and above all, their music. Like Vivaldi's seasonal music, though, this piece also for violin and orchestra, and we heard violinist Tessa Lark performing with the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra, led by their music director, Joanne Folletta. This concert was recorded in October of 2020 at the height of the global COVID-19 pandemic, and that's the reason you're not hearing any applause. It was originally part of a webcast and telecast made under those extraordinary circumstances, and we're happy to be featuring it for you this week here on SymphonyCast. Tessa Lark, by the way, loves playing that piece by Piazzolla. It is so hot and spicy and so much fun. Um, it's a lot different than Piazzolla's actual versions um, of the seasons, but it's still so, so cool. And the the string orchestration is really effective and visceral and it's also such a big crowd pleaser though there were no crowds at that point when i was playing it with joanne folletta and um the buffalo phil and that actually was also a it was a last minute cancellation and i got an email it was a few weeks beforehand and they asked if i would mind being on standby because they were going to potentially have issues i think it was with visas or something at that time because travel was just so strict and difficult and didn't hear anything from them and then shortly before the the concert days um I got an email and they said yeah I think we're gonna need you <laughs> so I made my way to Buffalo and that music lends itself well to a more uh last minute put together because it sounds very improvisatory um and i always admire music that can achieve that while being completely written down and how did tessa lark feel about working with the orchestra's music director joanne folletta if you look up the word hero in the dictionary i feel like you'd see her face this is just something about her and and she's so beautiful and warm-hearted and an incredible musician and uh respectful but also so respectable like her presence I don't know I think everyone feels that way about her so it was just really special to to get to meet her and 
she was really letting her hair down in that piece too. Um, and so it was just a blast to be able to record that. And with a, an orchestra that has such a great sound, there's no other piece really like it for the classical concert stage. So it's one of my favorites to play. Violinist Tessa Lark talking about conductor Joanne Folletta. I'm Steve Seal, and as our concert with the Buffalo Philharmonic from Klein Hands Music Hall in Buffalo continues, we've got a magnificent symphonic ode to Celtic culture, history, and, of course, music still to come. But first, a short instrumental piece by a fellow known for his operatic works. Giacomo Puccini wrote Chrysanthemi, or Chrysanthemums, in 1890 for string quartet. The striking yellow flower is often associated with funerals, and that's part of the reason Puccini chose it as his inspiration, as this piece was the result of the composer wanting to honor a friend who had recently died. This short piece did find its way into one of the composer's operas, however. You'll hear references to it in parts of Acts 3 and 4 of Manon Lesco. Here again is Joanne Folletta to lead the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra at Kleinhans Music Hall in Buffalo, New York, in Chrysanthemi, Chrysanthemums by Giacomo Puccini on Symphony Cast. <laughs> Thank you. 
Joanne Folletta conducting the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra in Chrysanthemy, Chrysanthemums by Giacomo Puccini on this edition of Symphony Cast. A live recording made at Kleinhans Music Hall in Buffalo, New York in October of 2020. That date is a clue to the reason you're hearing no applause on our concert since it was at the height of the global COVID-19 pandemic. And the Buffalo Phil was one of many orchestras, ensembles, and solo musicians around the world coping with the pandemic by reaching out to their listeners online. This concert was originally part of a webcast and television broadcast, both. I'm Steve Seal. When we return, a big symphonic work by an English composer honoring the history, people, and music of the British Isles. That's just ahead on SymphonyCast. Welcome back to SymphonyCast. We're at Kleinhans Music Hall in Buffalo, New York this time for a concert by the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra led by its music director, Joanne Folletta. This concert took place in October of 2020. Do the math and you'll realize that that means the world was knee-deep in the global COVID-19 pandemic at the time. And as arts organizations around the world were struggling to figure out how to stay open for business in some fashion, many musical organizations, including the Buffalo Phil, chose to keep performing sans audience and put those concerts up online for their fans and patrons to watch from home. Joanne Folletta says it wasn't easy at first, but eventually the musicians found their footing. I remember our first time together, how frightened we all were. <laughs> frightened to come into any kind of a building with other people. We had our masks and, and double masks on, and we were sitting six feet apart and, uh, you know, being very strict, testing ourselves and and wondering, could, could we play like this? And then in two or three minutes realizing, yes, we could. And all of a sudden feeling so happy that we were. It didn't feel quite completely comfortable, but it was wonderful. And I, and I realized just the, the fact that we could come to work every day and we, we played a concert. Okay, the audience was empty, but we knew they would be seeing it on, on their, you know, a TV or, or computer screens. We knew they'd be watching out when we, when we broadcast it. It was a great gift. And I think we all realized that that kept us going emotionally, just being able to play together. And we grew very, very close, and we, we really honed a lot of the sort of um, 
great skills that chamber players learn, you know, that string quartet players learn, uh, especially because we, we had to sit further apart and we had to really pay attention. Joanne Folletta's hand was steady at the helm of the orchestra on those turbulent waters. And while she would never tell you that the pandemic was a good thing in any way, she says the musicians of the Buffalo Philharmonic did manage to find opportunities within the challenges and benefit from them. Today, audiences are back in their seats at Kleinhans Music Hall. What was it like when, after a long period of feeling like they were playing just for themselves in that big room, there were suddenly people looking back at them? Well, I will tell you that this surprised me. We were very nervous. Now, this is an orchestra that's played, you know, <laughs> decades together uh, for large audiences everywhere. But that first concert, I think we started to allow people in around April or so, May, you know, a small group. We were actually very nervous. And the musicians told me that. They said, why, why, are, we, why are we scared? And I said, well, it's, you know, it's only going to last this, this, just for this concert. We won't be scared anymore. But... It was so joyful, and and um, to hear the applause of the audience, to see them standing, to know they were smiling at us, and our musicians were smiling back at them. It was we couldn't speak to each other, of course, you know, at that moment. But but I think we knew we were speaking to each other. That it's so good to be back together, and there's nothing like being here listening to you play live. And I, I really sense that from them. Joanne Folletta, music director of the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra, now in her 23rd year in that role, the first woman to be named music director of a major American orchestra. The final work on our concert comes from England. Composer Granville Bantock originally trained to be a diplomat, but he was ultimately drawn to music, especially the sounds of Wagner and Strauss. He lavished his deepest passion, however, on his country and on its history. He was very interested in the landscape of the British Isles, its folklore, its legends, and physical beauty as well. And all of those interests came together in the work that we'll hear next, his Celtic Symphony. Bantock wrote his work in 1940 based on an Irish folk song called Longing for the Sea, and in it you'll hear plenty of sweeping melodies for strings. And of course, you can't have an Irish piece without a harp, which we will hear as well. Two, in fact. Here now from the stage of Kleinhans Music Hall in Buffalo, New York, is the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra, led by Joanne Folletta, for the Celtic Symphony by Granville Bantock on SymphonyCast.
The Celtic Symphony by English composer Granville Bantock. The Buffalo Philharmonic was conducted by its music director, Joanne Folletta, in a live performance from the stage of Kleinhans Music Hall in Buffalo, New York. Bantock wrote that work as his ultimate orchestral expression of his love for his home over the British Isles, based on an Irish folk tune called Longing for the Sea. And as such, the sound of the harp played a key role. The harpists in this performance were the orchestra's own Madeline Olson, joined by her Buffalo colleague, Hope Wilk. This audience list concert took place in October of 2020, right in the middle of the global COVID-19 pandemic, and the Buffalo Phil was one of many orchestras, ensembles, and solo musicians around the world working hard to keep the music playing by making their concerts virtual and sharing them online. You can listen again from our website, yourclassical.org slash symphonycast. From our website, you can also download free music and like us on Facebook. That's yourclassical.org slash symphonycast. In the remaining time, we'll share one more performance featuring Joanne Folletta and the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra. This is the Symphony Number no. 3 by Beethoven on SymphonyCast. Thank you. 
Beethoven's Symphony No. 3, The Eroica, in a performance featuring the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra, once again with Joanne Folletta on the podium on SymphonyCast. You can listen to this week's show featuring performances from the Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra from our website, yourclassical.org slash symphonycast. And from our website, you can also download free music and like us on Facebook. That's yourclassical.org slash symphonycast. APM SymphonyCast is produced by Daniel Nass with technical director Michael Osborne and assistance from Tania Major. I'm Steve Seal. Join us again next time on SymphonyCast. This is APM, American Public Media, sharing the power of classical music.